You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. We've been sharing with you all morning that we were going to be checking in with Dan Darling. He is an author, pastor, leader. He's also the director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He is, uh, you know, in, in at Christmas time, we talked about the characters of Christmas. Well, it's time to look at the characters of Easter. Good morning, Dan. Well, good morning, and it's great to be with you this morning. Well, we appreciate it, man. Hey, you know, uh, you're you've written on the characters in this. Uh, you've got three books now that you've uh, put forth in this style, where you dive into the individuals who experience specific events, and you've looked at Christmas, you've looked at the creation story, and now the Easter story. So tell us a little bit about, from the from the 40,000-foot view, what a reader will encounter when they turn the pages of this book. Well, I think uh, most most people who will read this will be familiar with the Easter story, um, and, and, and the, most Christians obviously are uh, getting ready and preparing their hearts for, for Easter, uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, but what I try to do is really kind of take a look at some of the major uh, characters in the story. Uh, people like the disciples, like John and Peter, uh, or Pontius Pilate, um, Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, and even, you know, the the women who were the first to see the empty tomb and share the good news that Jesus had risen from the grave. And, and what was it like for them? You know, we, we see them as um, sort of mythical figures, right? We name our our cities and our children after them and hospitals after them but in the first century they were just ordinary people who were um cast by god in this uh the greatest story ever told yeah they can't have been really i'm thinking dan really all that different from us except that you know jesus called them personally when when you look at the disciples anyway Mm -hmm. and i've often wondered what it had to be like to spend that time um, being called by him and then following him for that time until he, you know, he, he gave his life on the cross. And one of the things that has always intrigued me, and you do address it in the characters of Easter, is um, Jesus's relationship with Peter. Because we look at where you know Peter he he denied Jesus. Jesus told him, you know, before the before the uh, rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And it seems like Jesus and and you do address this called him multiple times even after the resurrection but what is what is what is the story telling us what what's happening here with with peter what is this about well this is you know i I loved every chapter of this book but i really especially loved writing on peter um and it's probably the longest chapter um because there's so much written about him in the gospels and i think we forget when we look at someone like peter that he he left everything to follow jesus for three years and it was uh a it was uncertain. He left the security of his business, and him and his brother were part of a fishing um, business there uh, on the shores of Galilee. It was, you know, he was not wealthy, but he was not poor. He was a, a, making a good income there. Um, he left all of that to follow Jesus. Um, they didn't understand everything Jesus was saying, and sometimes they 
they they they said things or asked questions that we look back and scratch our heads and say, why would they ask that? But if you were in their place and you can't, you're, you're trying to believe Jesus. You believe Jesus is the Son of God, but you don't know how it's all going to work. I think we would have been very similar. In fact, we should commend them for having the faith to leave everything and follow Jesus over and against the tide. I mean, what they did was unpopular to to follow this itinerant rabbi from Nazareth and to believe he's the Son of God. Um, and of course, Peter has a epic failure in uh, the you know after Jesus when Jesus is being arrested and tried that he denies Jesus three times. Um, I think this was less of him wanting to die and Jesus and more of him um, trying to stand up for Jesus and be strong and to be brave in his own strength. I think he he had a uh, unrealistic assessment of his own strength. It was only Peter was only able to have courage uh, when filled with the Holy Spirit. And later we see Peter, the same person, preaching on Pentecost, uh, being willing to go to jail for his faith, um, urging the church to have courage. And then, you know, tradition says Peter was uh, martyred for his faith. How did he have that courage? How did the same person have that courage? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God and uh, resurrection power. And it's the same for us, that we think that we can do all these things for Jesus and do all these things for God in our own strength. Uh, with our own power, and we'll ultimately fail, like Peter did, if we do that. But when we are filled with the Spirit of God, um, we can do more than than uh, we even think uh, with God's power. Yeah. You know, one of the cool things about how you have examined the lives of the individuals and how they fit into the story is that ultimately we see this sovereign thread of God's will all throughout this. And it requires submission and obedience from each of these people. But then in a larger scale, you examine the Roman culture and the Romans themselves, and you make this really, really great point in the book about the coming king that the Lord had uh, seen to it that there was this period of peace because of the Roman power and their might of the military that enabled gospel to be spread. And then you go into talking about how as they, because they were very advanced in their design, they had a network of roads that allowed for travel. And then these became the pathways where churches were planted. And all of these things that really point to the sovereignty of God, all the way down to the landscape and, and you know, civic engineering. How, mm. what does that testify about the God that we serve? Well, it's that, that God is, you know, gathering history to himself, that nothing is um, accidental. And uh, Paul says in Acts 17, when he's speaking to the, um, on Mars Hill, that God has sovereignly placed people in, in their nations and then they're within their borders for for a purpose and so and Galatians says that Jesus came in the fullness of time at exactly the right time so nothing was incidental nothing was a surprise to God Jesus coming to this earth in the flesh during the time of the Roman uh, you know Roman rule was not accidental it was not an incidental detail and as you said um, the church spread around the Roman Empire throughout the Roman uh, highway system, planting churches al- along the way as, as uh, the church spread. And I think we could translate that today to say, you know, God has placed us today in 2023 where we are, not accidentally, not incidentally. He's placed us here to be on mission for him in the world. Um, sometimes we fret about the state of the world, and, and people in the first century did too. You know, Christians in the first century, trying to make sense of things, 
fretted about the, the troubles in their country and the troubles in the world and the struggles that they had. And we do the same thing. You know, we, we think about politics and we think about um, the economy and all these different things going on. But sometimes we have to take a step back and say, God has not made a mistake in placing us here at this time in this place. Mm-hmm. He, he has not asked us to serve 50 years ago. He has not asked us to serve 50 years from now. He's asked us to serve right now. And how can we be faithful in this moment uh, to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandment? We're talking with Daniel Darling, um, author of the Moody Publishers book, The Characters of Easter, the Villains, Heroes, Cowards, and Crooks Who Witnessed History's Biggest Miracle. Dan, one of the... um, one of the characters in the book, I mean, we, would call, we can call him a character, but this is a real-life person who we don't know a whole lot about, yet there are some certain things we can glean from his uh, very abbreviated story. And this is someone that I, I think a lot of us as Christians have maybe cast some dispersions at because of the way he has become known, and that is Thomas, because we always have referred to him as Doubting Thomas. But the longer that I walk with Christ, the more his story gives me hope, because um, we all doubt. There are times we're going to have doubt in our lives, no matter how long we've walked with Jesus. And I think it's the relationship that I see Jesus having with Thomas. Um, you know, when Thomas is hearing that Jesus has risen and they've seen him and he has that doubt. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I won't believe it in, until I see for myself. Yet Jesus did not condemn Thomas for doubting. And that is the part that gives me hope. Talk a little bit about Thomas and, and his story and what he, what he gave up to follow Jesus, because it's very encouraging. And there is more there, I think, than, than what we've paid attention to. Yeah, Thomas is one of my favorite characters, and I, I think he's gotten um, kind of a raw deal a little bit. We, we, we think of him as Doubting Thomas, and there is that scene where he, he did express doubts. But let's, let's take a step back and and, and understand who Thomas was. Thomas, like the other disciples, left everything to follow Jesus, uh, to put his whole faith in the Messiah, um, resting on this uncertain pathway. He left everything that was comfortable to follow Jesus for three years. Thomas was the one in John 11 who, when the disciples didn't want Jesus to go back to Bethany um, because they knew it was dangerous, Thomas said, um, let's go die with Jesus. I mean, I mean He's the one that would ask Jesus the right questions, and then he said, okay, I'm going to go die with Jesus. In the upper room, Thomas, um, when Jesus said, um, you know, that he is the only way to the Father, and Thomas said, well, how can we know the way? And because Thomas asked that question, we have the answer, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Thomas was one who asked good questions, but he was he was not a, um, a coward. He was someone who, who was uh, courageous to follow Jesus. And in that in that scene at the res- at, after the resurrection, you have to understand that the disciples had pledged everything for Jesus, and all of a sudden he's arrested unjustly. Uh, he's dead. They're, all their hopes and dreams are gone. Thomas is likely very disillusioned. Maybe he feels like he put his faith in the wrong Messiah and the wrong thing. And it was his friends who pulled him back, which I, I love. You know, his friends go to Thomas and say, no, we have seen Jesus. He has risen from the... And they pull him back toward Jesus, which is what good friends do. When you have a friend who's doubting or, or down, it's our friends that pull us back to Jesus. And he has an encounter with Jesus where Jesus shows him his scars. Jesus meets Thomas where he is, and he shows him the scars. And Thomas bows and says, my Lord and my God. What an amazing statement of faith. When Thomas says, uh, you're not only my Lord, you're not only one I'm going to follow, but you're my God. 
and he affirms Jesus' deity. And tradition says that Thomas spent the rest of his life as an apostle. He went uh, that he went to India and spread the gospel. There's actually churches there that claim to be, you know, started by Thomas. And so he's an amazing, uh, courageous hero, I think, of the faith. That uh, is is someone who, for those who have questions, for those who have doubts, directing your questions toward God and toward Jesus. Uh, is okay, because Jesus can answer them, and he can meet us in our doubts, meet us in our questions, and give us hope. Man, you know, Dan, we do just have but a few minutes with you this morning, but let's talk about the betrayal. Let's look at this character of Judas, who, by the way, you know, this is an important point, he heard every one of Jesus's sermons. We know God's Word. We are not very far from the ability to betray our Heavenly Father, right? This is a man who was closest to Jesus. Uh, he was trusted. He heard every word that he had preached and still yet was able to be tempted into betraying his Savior. And so let's talk about him because I think this is an important, um, just as it as we can doubt ourselves, we can also become the betrayer. That's absolutely right. And, you know, before we think of Judas as the, the betrayer, we should first think of him as, as a disciple who left everything again to follow Jesus. And uh, what what's hard for us to fathom about Judas is that before he be, was a betrayer, Judas was a gospel preacher. He was sent out by Jesus two by two to preach the gospel of the kingdom to heal. There's very likely going to be people in heaven who first heard the good news of Jesus through the words and ministry of Judas. Um, and yet Judas betrayed Jesus. Uh, it, it, it's hard for us to fathom. I think there's a lot of speculation as to why Judas betrayed Jesus, you know, going through the church history, people have speculated. Mm. But it does seem that Ju- Judas betrayed Jesus because um, Jesus um, did not become the, Jesus, the the Messiah that Judas wanted. Uh, Judas was probably from an area that was a little bit more radical in terms of wanting, you know, the, uh, the Jewish people to overthrow Rome. Um, and Jesus keeps talking, especially to, as he marches toward the cross, about being arrested and dying and, and rising again. And those are not things you do if you're going to be a political messiah, if you're going to take over. And then I think one of the turning points for Judas was when Mary of Bethany opens up this um, uh, expensive perfume and spills it on Jesus. And Jesus allows that to happen and uh, allows himself to be worshipped. And Judas is thinking, man, this money could be used for our campaign. This could be used for, for what we're trying to build. You know, he's thinking he's going to be in a high position in the kingdom. And he doesn't realize that first Jesus has to go to the cross and suffer and die. And so that's where I think he sort of cashed out and, and said, uh, this is not the, the Messiah I envisioned. And I think we do that sometimes as uh, people say to that to say, I only want a Jesus who fits into my system, who who will um, endorse my dreams, who will be a mascot for all of my um, my wishes and desires. And, and Jesus comes and he disrupts our lives and he leads us to a different place. What's sad about Judas, really, is that as you think about Judas and Peter, Peter denied the Lord, but he found forgiveness, he found grace. By turning back to the Lord, he denied. Judas turned away from the Lord. You know, Judas could have found grace. 
even after he denied him. You know, the, he could have looked to the one he, did, he, he betrayed and found forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us in many ways have betrayed Jesus. We've betrayed God. But we can turn back to the one we've betrayed and find hope and find grace. You know, if anyone's listening, you think, I'm too far gone from the Lord. I've, I've done so many things. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how I've betrayed uh, God. It's not too late to turn back and say, God, I, I come to you in repentance and say, please forgive me. Yeah. And you can find hope and grace. Yeah. That's such an important point. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I so enjoy this, and uh, I don't know where you're taking this in the future, uh, and where you're going to examine the other characters. But I do very, very much appreciate the work that you've done with uh, not only the characters of Easter, but Christmas and Creation Story as well. Uh, very unique and very insightful. I really, yeah. really enjoy it, Dan. Thanks, man. Well, thank you for having me on. I, I so appreciate the work and ministry you do. Moody Radio is, it means so much to me just having uh, been able to do so many things with you and growing up listening to Moody Radio. So always love coming on and, and sharing. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.